Mark chapter 6, verses 30 through 34. And the apostles gathered themselves together unto Jesus and told him all things, both what they had done and what they had taught. And he said unto them, Come ye yourselves apart into a deserted place and rest a while. For there were many coming and going, and they had no leisure so much as to eat. And they departed into a deserted place by ship privately. And the people saw them departing, and many knew him, and ran afoot thither out of all cities, and outwit them. I'm going to say that again. And outwit them. Means that they went there and got there before they got there. <laughs> and came together unto him. And Jesus, when he came out, he saw much people. And he was moved with compassion toward them. Because they were as sheep having no shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. I want to preach to you this morning from the subject. An appetite. For the anointing. You may be seated. An appetite. For the anointing. The Bible says in Psalms 42 verse 1. As a deer pants. After the water brook. So my soul. Thirsts for you. A deer will not stop and drop its head to drink unless it feels perfectly safe. And water is essential to all life. The scripture shows us that God provides food for our body and soul. And he also provides a means of escape from what will harm us. I believe that we are at a time on the kingdom clock. Where only those with a dying thirst and a hunger for God will be filled. Matthew 5, 6 says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. It's not a hunger for the things that God can give us that's going to get us satisfaction. It's a hunger for God himself that can only satisfy a parched soul. When you're being aggravated by your past, attacked by the forces of hell, and approached by the enemy on every side, you need somebody that is anointed to break the chains that are threatening you. The Bible says it's the anointing that destroys the yoke. See, I don't need anybody playing with me when it comes to something that's trying to kill, steal, and destroy everything I'm believing for. The definition of an anointing, the origin of the anointing was from the practice of shepherds. Lice and other insects would often get in the wool of the sheep and what they, they got near the sheep's head. They would burrow into the sheep's ear and kill the sheep. So ancient shepherds poured oil on the sheep's head 
This made the wool slippery, making it impossible for insects to gnat near the sheep's ear because the insects would slide off. From this, anointing became symbolic of blessing, protection, and empowerment. The Greek word anoint, shiro, means to smear or rub with oil. And by implication, it is meant to consecrate for the office of a religious service. To anoint. In the Bible times, people were anointed with oil to signify God's blessing or call upon that person's life. A person was anointed for special purposes, either to be a king, a prophet, to be a builder, or whatever the work was for the house of God, that person had to be anointed. There's nothing wrong with anointing a person with oil, but you have to know that it's more than just oil that is anointing on you. There has to be an anointing in you. And God is the only one who can anoint a person for service. Another means was for to be anointed was to be a chosen one. That's where we see Jesus Christ. That word Christ was not Jesus' last name. It just meant Jesus, the anointed one. Oh my God, y'all better help me. He gave us this Holy Spirit and now all Christians are anointed and chosen for a specific purpose in the kingdom. Tell your neighbors that you're anointed. God has called you to do something. The anointing is not just to sit back and do nothing. If you're anointed, you've been anointed to do something. It means you have a job that only you can fill and that only you have the power for. And this is what we see here in today's text. We are, we're walking through Mark and it's been a long day of ministry. Last week we talked about how the disciples now understand the true cost of being a disciple. Right? They, they understand what the responsibility of being entrusted with power means. And so in verse 30, look, look at what they did. The apostles, right after Jesus said, okay, I was rejected by my family. I'm going to give you power. Go out, go heal, go deliver, go set free. Watch what they did in verse 30. The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported all to him what they had done and what they taught. This is a lesson in stewardship. This is a lesson in stewardship. We don't like this word. I'm about to cuss. It's called accountability. Oh, anybody that knows me and, and if I've given anybody an assignment to do, they understand something. And now, now I'm going to step on some toes today, but it's all right. Somebody say, teach us, pastor. See, see, here's what they did. They gave a report. They, they didn't, they came back, they went out, they, they taught, they healed, then they delivered, but they came back and they gave a report. See, we don't like to give report. Uh-oh. I, 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 you know, I'm, I'm going to let you into me and Pastor Mom's relationship. I Pastor Mom, all right, you got to preach. You know, I, I will go out of town. Pastor Mom has to preach. She's a pastor. She's my mother. She's a preacher. I trust her. But she knows that when I come back from Jersey, I'm waiting for a phone call. I need a report. 
If I leave you behind this sacred desk that I've been entrusted with, I don't care who you are. Mother, wife, daughter, son, I need a report. Oh, I know it's going to get quiet. Because it leads to, well, you know, God gave me, I could do it. I don't need, no, you have to give. See, here we go. Jesus was God. Jesus knew everything. He didn't need anybody to tell him anything. You know how we like to, well, he's God. He knows. He knows, but he wants you to know that he knows. <laughs> So, so they have to give a report. It's a lesson in stewardship. If you've been entrusted, it is not yours. It is an assignment. And, and if you, you, you would want to know from the master teacher that you've done well. Every servant wants to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. So they gave a report of what they did and what they taught. Because you know how people are. <laughs> now, the disciples didn't go alone. Because I'm teaching. He told them to go out two by two. Accountability. And they came back and told, I believe they knew something. Because you know how people can get. Even though you think they're on your team. They are going to tell if you don't tell. Ooh. So, so, so before I let you tell it, I'm going to tell. I'm going to give report. Because I don't want you to come back and tell Jesus that I taught something that he wasn't teaching us. Oh, my God. <laughs> see, see, this ain't your time to be going in to what you want to teach. If he sent you out to teach, teach what he taught. And so that's a good lesson. That's, that's, a, that's a good lesson right there. I, I like that scripture. So when, when you're given something to do, but understand that there will come a time where you don't have to say anything because you have established accountability. It keeps you safe. Because if you say something that is not out of order, you want to know from the head, no, okay, we're going to have to change. You know, I always told leadership, right? Leadership, come on, leadership. I said, listen, if you if you mess up out here, I, I, I can go ahead, and, you know, and, and correct you behind doors. But if you have the full in front, you then you got to be corrected in front. You understand? So we don't, I don't need to go back and clean up a bunch of mess. That's why stick to the script. <laughs> just just stick to the script. All right, and then we don't have to have no apologies. So that was, I, I thank God. See, I told you it was in the word. Listen, I, I, I gave her a hug. I didn't say it. Order. It's order. All right? And it's, it's, there's nothing wrong with that. It doesn't make me God. There you go. Hallelujah. That that's that. It's a, it keeps you safe. Amen. Now 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 watch what happens. Then 
because so many people were coming and going, they didn't even have a chance to eat. Jesus said to them, um, and I'm not going to keep you long. We, we almost done. I'm, for, I'm on verse 31. Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. And when they went away by themselves to a boat, so they went away by themselves to, in a boat to a solitary place. This is point two. There must be a time of rest, relaxation, and ref refreshing. A time to reflect. A time to get alone with God. Ooh. See, it's a small point, but we don't see that success of disciples and their ministry is not measured by how much work you do. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. It is measured by the relationship that you have. See, we, we get so caught up in what we're doing. Dude, dude, you, you ever met them people? They're always doing, doing. Well, I do, I do, I do. But they, they do, but they don't, they, they never sit and rest. They don't, they don't take time. They, I love this. They, Jesus told them, listen, y'all been doing ministry. Let's take a cruise. Oh, oh! Let's 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 get let's get away by ourselves. No, 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 no! Just, 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 just a quiet place. We ain't even had time to eat. Yeah, you, 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 you ever, you ever been so so engulfed in ministry, you, you haven't even eaten. Like one one thing after another. One, that's why you know people get burnt out. It's just, okay, I'm about to mess with you. I'm about to, you know, y'all remember? You remember you went to church? Went to church at 8 o'clock in the morning. Didn't get out of church till 8 o'clock at night. And still had devils to fight. I don't understand how, how you could be in church all day long and still come home and be a devil. It shouldn't be no right. Just mad, and they're not mad for no reason. They mad because there's no more time left in the day to do anything they wanted to do. <laughs> so you mad? That's not God. God. God is not the God of burnout, and you can't do that's works based relationship. That's a no, no. You, you went out. Let's go. We we gonna take a cruise. <laughs> it's time to chill. So so say it's so tap your neighbor. Say it's okay to take a break. Now I'm not telling you it's okay to take a break from coming to church, cause cause <laughs> cause we have Catholic services. We ain't in church all day. We come in at twelve and get out at two. At the latest, sometimes sometimes it's a stretch. You understand? But when we we ain't got service, we ain't got services on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Y'all ain't gonna say nothing. You ain't got usher board me in, deacon me in, choir me in, young adult me in. Y'all better help me up in here. I don't care. I'm gonna talk about you. You gotta have a meeting for the suit, a meeting for that, a meeting for this, a meeting for this. No, no, we haven't one meeting. We already had our meeting. Our meeting lasts 15, not even 15 minutes. Right before I preached, that was our meeting. Yeah. 
Now, that led me into this next point. We're about to shift. Because she said, let's go on a cruise. Okay. Somebody, but I just want you to know, God, God, is, God loves a long time. Get alone. He talks about that in Hebrews chapter 4, that there's a rest. And God says, we can enter that rest. But there are many who won't enter that rest. You understand? Because they don't have faith. Faith, faith is opposite of works. Which means that God wants us to rest. He wants us to enjoy what we're doing. Ministry should not be a burden. Ministry should be a joy. And you come out strengthened if you do ministry right. You understand? Because because most people, I thank God for you. You know, because you used to, you used to call me. You used to have a zeal. We're not going to stop that, are we? We're not. You, you have a hunger because you do just enough ministry to let you know that there is an important part that goes into your Christian DNA when it comes to service of other people. And you fall in love with it. Amen. So you got to take that time. So now watch this. Verse 33, many saw them leaving and they recognized them. How many people recognize you? I'm not going to talk about that today. And, and, and ran on foot from all towns and they got there ahead of them. Now, now, th this is where we shift. That The first two is just a little lesson for us doing ministry. The this shift now takes place for those that are hungry for ministry. See, see they, they, they ran ahead. They, they, recognized, they recognized the anointing was taking a cruise and they ran on foot and got ahead of them. So all the while they running, they looking. They, they y'all better help me up, man. I'm about to say something really gonna mess you. See, real hungry people know how to get ahead of their blessing. Why are you waiting on the blessing? People who are real hungry already know where their blessing's gonna be. <laughs> oh, oh my God, y'all better. That, that was real good. So, so they, they ran ahead. You gotta, you gotta get there ahead. Jesus is always on time and he's never late. So why are we always late and never on time? If, if you are connected with Christ, you should already have something that's going on in your soul, like a compass that's telling you where you need to be. Oh, I knew it wasn't going to be no shout, not till I closed the message, but <laughs> you, you shouldn't have to be wondering, should I be there? If you know your blessing is there, get there. Expectation. Expectation. God feeds the expectation. Your blessing is in your hunger. Because God's table is already big enough to fill whatever you need. But if you act like you don't need nothing, he can't fill it. 
And if you have little expectation on a big God, that's you can't limit what God can do in your life. You have to expect it. And they said, oh, no, they ain't taking no cruise. We ain't got money for a ticket. But I got feet. You got to be willing to use what you got to get to where you need to be. I, I, am I helping anybody? Now, when Jesus landed, he saw a large crowd, right? And he had compassion on them. I'm about done. Because they were like sheep having no shepherd. So he, he began to teach them many things. That's our last verse. So we got them coming back, giving report. Wonderful stewardship. He said, come on, let's go take a cruise. Y'all need to rest. Wonderful. They couldn't even get away to rest long enough because while they're cruising, they see the crowds running to get to where they're going. Uh-uh. And now they land. And here's this crowd. And Jesus moved with compassion. Because they're like sheep having no shepherd. Begins to teach them. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. He, he has compassion because they, they're scattered. But he, he doesn't heal them. He doesn't feed them like he did the 5,000. He, he doesn't go out and start casting out demons. He, he doesn't pay their rent. He teaches them. Hmm. Did, did you catch it, Steve? That compassion does not always look like What you want it to look like. It's, it's different. For different people. Jesus, Jesus says, Jesus. John 10, he said, I am the good shepherd. I know the sheep and my sheep know me. I'm going into the third person because I'm just imagining what Jesus is saying in his mind as he's looking at these people. That are scattered like sheep with no shepherd. I, I am the good shepherd. I, I know my sheep. My sheep know me. And just as the Father knows me, I know the Father. I lay down my life for the sheep. I have no other sheep that are. I have other sheep that are not of this. These twelve, none of none of these. Oh my God, y'all better help me. I, I gotta bring them in also, but they'll they'll listen to my voice. Oh, they'll they'll listen to my voice and. There should be one flock and one shepherd. And, oh my goodness. I, I can't meet their needs. I got to teach them. But the bread is only for those. I've only been sent to the lost house of Israel. Dogs. Even, even the dogs eat from the master's table. I gotta, I gotta teach them. I, I healed the other people because they needed to see what I can do. But these people 
or beyond just seeing. They, they have an appetite that shows they're a little bit more mature than the ones <laughs> that just needed the loaves and the fish. Y'all, y'all, y'all not hearing me. I got, I got to teach them. See, c compassion is is leading me to teach them because if I give them fish, they're gonna keep begging for fish. But if I teach them how to fish, they'll never <laughs> see. They, see, they, they're hungry for the anointing, but the anointing that you have is now in you. You have no need that anyone teach you, but the anointing that you have, He will teach you all things. Y'all better help me. See, see, He He began to teach them, and I I'm wondering what the master teacher would teach these hungry folk and and I just have a few to give you because I, I had to outline what Jesus taught in his ministry and I believe that he would have taught them to serve is to be great Ooh, because the Bible says whoever wants to be great must be a servant so I believe he was teaching them that I, I know you're hungry but I I want to teach you how to be great. I want I want to teach you that you have to serve. And they, they were probably wondering, we have nothing to serve with. But, but you never come to God before he ever comes to you. Y'all missed that. I believe he probably taught them that, that there is a cure for worry. Do you not see the birds of the field, how they don't toil or spin, and yet your father takes care of them? How much more precious are you? And how, which one of you, by worrying, can add anything to his stature? Uh, see, a lot of problem with, with mature Christians is that they worry too much. Worrying about what's going to happen and what's going to be. And God said, I got to show you and teach you the cure of worry. I'm pretty sure he had to teach them that love conquers all. Y'all better help me because I'm pretty sure they wanted to know which commandment was the greatest. And the greatest is love God with your whole heart and soul. And the second is like love your neighbor as yourself. I'm pretty sure he, he taught them the golden rule to do unto others as you would have them do unto you. I'm pretty sure he, he taught them how to ask for what you need. Not what you want. Because the Bible says, ask and it shall be given. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it will be open. I'm pretty sure he had to teach them to judge not. Uh, to, to How can you remove the speck that's in your brother's eye when you haven't dealt with the log that's in your own eye? <laughs> Y'all better help me. Uh, I'm pretty sure he had to teach them how to keep their word. To let your yes be yes and your no be no. Because anything that is more than this is sin. And I'm pretty sure only a few more. He had to teach them to give in secret. Because you know how we like to make an announcement when we give. I don't know. I get it, but I don't get it. I don't know how you can be. People ask me, say, why you don't put all your stuff on Facebook? Why you don't put it? Because we don't need everybody to know what we're doing. 
listen, when I was homeless, I want you come put no camera on me talking about look at what I'm giving. Hey, I'll blast me. Mind your business. I ain't saying there's nothing wrong with what you're doing, but the, the Bible clearly tells me don't let anybody know to give it a secret. So why I got a blast on Facebook? We down here giving away. We down here doing this. Look what we doing. Look what we doing. Don't tell them. You have your reward. Your likes is your reward. I don't need you to like my page. I need Jesus to like my page. And I know he had to teach him this. They probably half of them left on this lesson. Forgive others. You know, before you come to the altar, handle your issues with your brothers and your sisters. He had to teach him that because he was a master teacher. Somebody say, forgive me. See, that's a connection. That's that's a prayer connection. See, when you don't forgive, let, let me give it to you. Like I want you to Zoom because I know you you know you might have missed a couple of theolo- the, uh, theology classes and stuff. But let me just give it to you real simple. I'm gonna give you a real fast, quick, you know, something you can give to your family when they don't want to forgive. Not forgiving somebody is like having sprint. There's no connection when you pray. Did you catch it? (laughs) Forgiving is like having Verizon. Somebody already paid the high bill. So you can talk. Did y'all catch it? All right, thank you, Jesus, for that wonderful illustration. So if you want Sprint, I got Sprint because half the time I don't really want to hear you. I just blame it on Sprint. <laughs> he probably had to teach them speak good words. Because life and death is in the power of the tongue. And then he, 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 last one, he probably taught them, no, use it or lose it. You know the parable of the talents. Saying everybody, all of you have something. You either use it or you lose it. Ooh, that, that, that was pretty good. So, as I close this message, the appetite for the anointed is the fact that you have to be hungry enough for God himself so that you can have the anointing that you need. See, see here's, 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 here's the trick. Isaiah 6, 61 Last verse says this, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, to open the prison, those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. In the day of judgment, our God will comfort those who mourn, grant to those who mourn in Zion to give them beauty for ashes. Jesus. What? He's going to give you beauty for ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a faint spirit, that you may be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. You will build up ancient ruins 
shall rise up former devastations, shall repair ruined cities, the devastations of many generations. Strangers shall stand by and tend your flocks. Foreigners will work for you. All because the anointing is upon me. While they were hungry for the anointing, Jesus taught them, watch this, and I'm done, taught them that the anointing is now in you. That what you're waiting for me to break, you have in you to break. That, 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 that you have the anointing to break yokes. But he had to teach them. That they had it. Oh, they, they missed it. They missed it first. Lady. See, here, here it is. You keep asking God to deliver you out of something, from something, away from something that he has already anointed you to break. The problem is you are not learning the lessons that he's trying to teach you because you want him to have compassion to remove it but he said you're too mature for that stage of compassion and your appetite is for the wrong thing your, your appetite can't be for a man can't be for a job can't be for a house can't be your appetite has to be for the anointing that you have on the inside and the only way you can really see how powerful you are is if I put you in something that is designed to break you but it can't oh could it, could it be that God is not healing you because you have yet to recognize what he's trying to teach you. I'm, I'm a, I told, I, I said, God, it's going to be hard, but I'm going to speak prophetically into your life right now because I'm, I'm tired of, of letting it go over your head. So I'm going to speak prophetically into the lives of our people. And I'm going to use, uh, I'm going to use Pastor Mom first, God, as a word. The, the reason why I see, see, everybody that knows Pastor Mom knows she does everything and wants to do everything for everybody. But then God put a trial on her. And I say that because I know she belongs to God. And the hardest thing for my mother to do is to let people help her. What God is teaching because he has compassion on her. And he could just, and we pray, God, why don't you? But there's a, there's a, a lesson where, where she, she was able to talk to me and say, I'm, I'm learning to let people in. Could, could it be that, that, this, that, that you, you, get, you go through stuff? And, and you get mad at, at people for, for, for not being anointed enough for you. 
Like, why do I, why, why, I don't, I shouldn't have to say anything. I should, yeah, no, 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 no. You, you probably shouldn't have to say anything. But you, you have to do something. And so whatever you're going through next level, you have to break the cycle in order to go to the next level. You can't keep doing what you, and acting. Stop throwing spiritual tantrums. When you don't get it your way. God does not have to perform for us. He's already anointed us to perform. How hungry are you? See, I had to get hungry. Starving people, that's why money is, is sometimes hard. Because people, when you, when you, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of learning. But when you, when you have money, you got a little bit of resources. You don't really trust God to the level that you should trust God. Because you think you can make it happen. Because you got a little bit of change in your pocket. But lose a job. Not know where to eat. Your appetite shifts. For what you think you're really hungry for. And you find out what you really need. And what you're really after. That's the hunger you got to stay after. That's what you have to have. Look at your neighbor and say, don't get full. Yeah, don't get full of yourself. Don't, don't get full. It's a hard place to get full. Because people, full people get lazy. The itis. Some of y'all got spiritual itis. I'm going to leave that alone. Father, we thank you for giving us an appetite for you. That's what we want to have an appetite for. For what you want from us, from who you are. That's, give us a hunger for what you hunger for. Righteousness. Doing things the right way and the right at the right time with the right motives. Because if we do that, then everything else in our life will shift. Things will start coming back together as you plan. But we have to get outside of ourselves. For those that are tired in spirit and feel like, you know, I'm just weary. Don't, don't get weary and well-doing. Learn how to rest. Learn how to turn the phone off. Learn how to say no. Learn how to just say, you know what? Today is about me and God. So that you can get refreshed. We thank you for the life lessons. Thank you for training us. Help us to see the lessons. And to appreciate your compassion. Forgive us for our tantrums. Forgive us where we get angry. Because we're spiritual giants. Because greater is he who's in us than he that's in the world. We thank you for choosing us. Now, Father, I pray that you cover us as we leave this place. As we travel on these roads. Help us to get to our destination safely. We pray for those online. Pray that they've been blessed. Pray that they've been encouraged and they've been challenged. We thank you, God. For all these things put a special covering over our brother steve who has to travel close to hours just to get home keep him covered on every side in jesus name and we thank you in advance for the praise report from our sister liz
concerning our brother Kurt. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Grace and peace.